And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindegaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Glover's Cast. The unbeaten run is over. The first defeat since November the 25th at the hands of Welling. We've been to Kent. We've lost to Maidstone. And here to talk about it are two men who were both there. One of whom is David Coates. Good evening, David. Who is also at Welling. Hello. <laughs> Not saying the two <laughs> things are connected, but... Yeah, uh, you were at Haven as well, weren't you, David? <laughs> I might have been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Hemel? And Hemel, you, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Have we won when you've been there? Of course we've won when we when I've been there. I've been there plenty of times for wins. Like <laughs> St. Albans. Oh no, wait. Uh yeah. I've seen wins. Eastbourne Borough, we won on a three G pitch. Worthing, second place Worthing. I was there when we won on a three G pitch. So And Hampton me. as well. And Hampton, we won there as well. Yeah. There are others. I just can't think what they are. And you've also heard the voice of Three Valleys Radio's Tom Bailey. Welcome back, Tom. Thank you for having me back. It's uh, nice. I think it's this is a third appearance of the season. I'm off the bench, and I'm a uh, hat trick ball. Raring yeah. to go. Yeah, hat trick. He's got a score first. Well, yes, there is that. And uh, I mean, Dave's been trying to get you on for ages, but he didn't know how to spell your name. Kept spelling it the right way rather than the wrong way. <laughs> Dartford. I went to Dartford. We drew as well. Yeah. Oh, you you you've taken that a bit a bit personally, that haven't you? Wrexham. We lost. <laughs> Chippenham. We drew. There there is a theme here, isn't there? I can tell it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not the missing players. It's when you're there. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, let's okay. talk about it. Let's get into the uh, into the thick of it and. We'll start as we always do with the lineup and uh, where the hell is whom playing. Um, <laughs> back three, back four, back five. No one really knew. Um, <laughs> uh, Tom, I think you put in the you put in the WhatsApp that it was a back three. Ben had a picture of a team lineup with a back four. And then before the game, Ian Randall was saying on the BBC that it's a 3-4-2-1-3-4-3, whatever. And then it starts with a back four. <laughs> so, yeah. Which of us predicted Alex Whittle at centre-back? Who had that on the bingo card to start with? Not many. <laughs> I think it was, well, I had it down for sure. I got told that Fulston was a wing-back and we had Whittle at the back. But then I still couldn't quite work out if we had a five back or a four back. So was, Worthington was kind of positionless was the, the one thing I gathered from that. He kind of did a, literally everything. Pearson being up front on his own as well was a strange one. I thought he didn't have too much of an effect, at least from, from the off much better out wide or, or as a 10 than stick Nuble up there for hold up. 
You see, uh, yes, because I was I was looking over at Matt Worthington and thinking at the beginning of the game, thinking, well, surely he'll be he'll be right back then, and he was in the middle of the pitch a lot of the time in that first. I can't remember when they scored, but before they scored, he was in the middle of a pitch for a lot of the game for someone who's a right back. And Morgan Williams seemed to be the one who was over on that right side. I mean, everything was coming down their left side in that first half. I know we've gone straight past the formation chat to uh, straight into the game. Well, I was going to say, I think it was a back four, wasn't it? Was it not ended up? I think, well, from from the, the, the BBC commentary, they were fairly sure that it was a back four in the end with Williams right back and then three left footers all next to each other across the rest of the defence. They're all left-footed, Dave. Uh, if we'd well, had Jordan Young at right know. back, we would have had an entire back five of left-footed players. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and I think, and I'm, I'm right in saying that one all was on the right of the two centre backs. If it was two centre backs, no, what Williams? I'd say Williams was on the right. You have one all on the left, and then he had both was almost a winger so I couldn't tell if he was a fullback or a winger because you had Jordan Young there as well they're almost switching at times and then you have Pearson as a striker Nublé almost as a 10 but Lo Everton was also sometimes a 10 but he was also a midfielder and you had Hours as a midfielder and Worthington as a centre mid but also a right back but sometimes it was a left mid and Young was also a left mid <laughs> basically the only thing we do know is that Joe Day was in goal yeah that's the one. That's the one certainty of that entire uh, game. I think. Yeah. Although um, in the in the, at the very end of the game, he did come forward, didn't he, for a uh, for a corner kick right at the end there. But uh, yeah. So <laughs> anything. Well, we thought Tuesday was confusing, but from that explanation, it sounds even more confusing um, against Maidstone. But I think from pretty early on, it sounded like we were under the cosh. Um, not the races. Find you an, another cliche. Um, say how many more? Here, you got? Do you like. get the cliche ball? If you get three of them. I do. I've got one just up here in front of me. All, all the cliches tonight. Like um, a magic eight ball. The yeah. magic cliche <laughs> ball. But the first, the first goal, like one all on the right side of the defence, doing what he's done all season, and um, you know, trying to play out, uh, play out from the back and take on the forward which when he's on the left side on his favoured foot he does it very easily but he got caught and has very little choice well does he have much choice other than to tug him back and pull him down I mean there are other players either in the box or arriving in the box aren't they but mm. that you, you could guarantee is it Reynolds was it Reynolds down that side I think for them um, the one who scored that lovely deft Dink over the Ipswich keeper the week before, um, he would have had a he would have had a chance there. But I don't know what it looked like from where you were, Tom. But that was about as close to the edge of the penalty area without being in the penalty area. I've ever seen anything happen. Yeah, I thought it was a penalty at first. To be honest, that's how close. Um, and immediately breathed the sigh of relief when uh, it was blown for a free kick, uh, much to my dismay. When thirty seconds later, it ended up in the back of the net. Um, <laughs> Matt Rush was a menace for them, pickpocketing. Because I didn't even think Wano made that big a mistake. He was just a little bit slow on the ball. He could have maybe hoofed it away, but 
Rush just snuck in from nowhere and great tackle, to be honest, and then getting away from him. Um, was it Rush down that he side? I thought he was on the other side. Was it Rush? It, it was... It was Reynolds on that side, but Rush had come over. Oh, with like, you, right. Beg your pardon, right. Yeah, so he kind of come over because I think Fal and Rush were kind of interchanging because Fal yeah. was an absolute nightmare as well. Yeah, they were both really good. And yeah, so Rush made the tackle, came into the box, well, nearly into the box, um, and Wannon made the challenge. I, I can't remember if it was really needed. I think he would have got a shot off, and I suppose at that point it's whether you think you fancy your chances of Joe Day saving it, which... I think he would, but you never know. There were plenty of options for him. He just didn't look comfortable coming inside and trying to do that on his right foot at that point. I think that was one of the questions that Ian Randall put to Mark Cooper after the, or to Matt Worthington after the match, saying, you know, he's not put a foot wrong all season, but in that moment, do you need him to boot it out and just play on but I suppose you don't know that how the set piece is going to go and it's poor defending isn't it Dave you, was that right in front of you yes it was yeah 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 um and, and like you say it was it was it was weak defending wasn't it I mean was it Greenidge uh Reese Greenidge I think it was their centre back who's like nine foot seven or something like that he um uh he just wrestled it just wants it more than Morgan Williams who again you know, hasn't really put a foot wrong this season either. Um, uh, he uh, beats him to the ball, puts it back in, and then Wannell's just completely lost uh, foul in the box. Who, who was his man, I think, to mark. And yeah, he just uh, just taps it in. Um, and uh, funny, because I'd said to um, Nigel, the uh, Mason fan on the pre-match chat that uh, I remember that guy <laughs> causing us problems up at uh, at Haven as well. So, um, yeah, he was um, he's just a... because he's so tall, but he, he, he can shift a bit, you know. I suppose his legs are, you know, twice the length of everyone else's, aren't they? So we can every stride is like twice of what any uh, ordinary human being <laughs> does, but yeah. But yes, it didn't look good from where I was sat. Probably didn't look good from where, or stood, I should say. Probably didn't look good from where Tom was sat. Um, probably didn't even sound great on the radio, I think. It didn't. No. No, it did not. Um, then we had... We, it felt like that kind of shook us into something a little bit. And Frank Nuble goes up the other end and yeah. Kovalan makes a great save. Like, looking back at the highlights and it's a good hit from Frank and he's moving. I really hate the pitches, though. I have to say, hate the pitch. <laughs> Just from watching the highlights, the pitch bothers me. It looked like it was um, it was causing Frank quite a few issues. Something that I said to Ian on on while we, while the game was going on was any long balls that were coming in to Frank, if that was at home, that bounces or it lands just before him, and then. He, he heads that, but it was landing just short of him and then over him. He's just like, Frank's a huge guy anyway, and it was just going slightly over him. It was, there, there was that extra bounce that he probably didn't expect, and it it took a quite a while for us to adjust to that, and I suppose when you're used to playing on that surface, you've either got springs in your feet or you just play it gentler. Um, but yeah, the pitch was, was um, a really weird one. Nuble had a lot of trouble in that 
first half trying to get anything going really nice for him to have that shot and to be fair if that had gone in maybe it's a completely different outlook on the game get straight back into it but like you say Kovalan did a great job with the save and while he didn't have much to do he was alert pretty much the whole game and his um his poop housery if you will was um much admired by uh by Ian Welsh I didn't like it so much but maybe that's because I'm a sore loser yeah, I thought whilst obviously defensively we weren't, uh, well, obviously the first goal, we weren't the races in the first goal, but then offensively as well, in that first half, it seemed that our tactic, there were so many long balls that were going up to Sam Pearson um, and said this Greenidge, who obviously causes the problem for the for the first goal, was marking him, or he he was certainly in his vicinity. Greenidge, I looked up, was like six foot five. I don't know what Sam Pearson is, but <laughs> maybe five foot six rather than six foot five. But he, um, it just, but yeah, we just kept doing it. And it was like there was no attempt to try anything else. And it just seemed crazy to try and knock a long, long ball up to him. I mean, start the petition again for Frank Nubley through the middle, but, um, he, if, if you're going to play that way, he would be a far more sensible person to uh, to knock along to. But like you say, he seemed to be playing deeper. It's like, turn him round. Play Frank as a number nine and uh, Pearson as a number ten. That, 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 that makes more sense than the other way around, I think. But... Then they scored a second. <laughs> yeah. And Sonny's on the right-hand side to block the cross. And why is Sonny and How there? is he the nearest <laughs> defender to get to get a uh, nearest player to get to the ball. That's that's not right either, is it? I mean what I will say is hell of a ball in. Great yeah. ball in. Like, yeah. Man. And Rush gets across Whittle quite easily as well, doesn't he? To knock it in. It's a it's a well you know it's a good header, but it will stop that cross. Stop that ball coming in. Yeah. And m- m- more well, Mark Cooper said about getting, what did he call him? Soft in the box. Um, he did that, call him that, yeah. Yeah, and uh, we just got bullied, basically, that entire thing. I know he said 20, 20 minutes, and it was certainly 20 minutes where the damage was done. Uh, I've got to say credit to Maidstone, because they they obviously came with a, with a plan to do exactly that to us. And I didn't think... If, if they'd have gone in, maybe another goal up at half time, I, I don't think anybody could have argued because they were they were totally on top. And with the exception of that new blade chance, I, I can't remember us really creating anything in the in the in the first half. Tom's going to tell me. Falston, Falston had a good hit from distance, didn't he? Oh, he did, didn't he? Yeah, that went over. But yeah, okay. But Other it, than it, that, it, yeah, the highlights looked like lots of chasing back. Yeah, in the first. <laughs> yeah. The um the the final five minutes of the half we had a a spell of possession that made us look a lot more like ourselves, um but as Dave said the first half hour thirty five minutes was just hoofball. I was like what why are we why are we doing this why are we straying from what we've been so good at of playing it on the floor playing it steady patient possession, um and again it was only until like the, the final five minutes I think we had a chance just before um just before halftime whistle where we were just patiently bringing it about really made Maidstone sort of think dropped into a back five a flat back five as well and just really sort of sit deep on it 
Um, and that was probably our best chance of the first half, bar the the new Blay, um, bar the new Blay shot. Because again, we just didn't look like ourselves for all of that half. Essentially, it was only when we came out the second half where we really picked up. Yeah, Cooper mentions um, in his post match. He mentioned a Jordan Young chance, and I think it's the one where he cuts inside and puts it over. Um, but he made it sound like it was a bit more of a you know, a really good chance. But from the highlight package, there's one that's, you know, from outside the box and from distance. Was that not um, was that not Falston? Because Falston put one over. Yeah, Falston Falston has up. one, but yeah, he, Cooper talked about Young missing one. He said, Oh, and Young put one over again when he probably I should remember just... a young chance. Yeah. To be fair, Jordan oh, yeah. scored twice in the last two games. So, well, <laughs> yeah. again, might be a little bit harsh, but uh... yes. How many did he miss in the last two games, though? Yeah, I, I, um, I wasn't there on Tuesday, but missed a few at St Albans. I tell you, who didn't miss? Dylan Morgan. Oh. He definitely did. <laughs> I know, it's jumping forward a bit, but I've not seen the highlights. So, or I've seen the highlights, and the second half seemed to be a little bit. Deep defensively from Maidstone, and up until Morgan gets a shot at goal, yeah, just sort of speculative efforts, really. I, I think in my match report, I referred to it as that the game was just about to go to sleep, um, <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then suddenly it woke up, and and you, I think a great work from Frank Nublay as well for for the goal. He, um, I can't remember who he is, puts him in. But uh, he does he does well to get in between two defenders, and then uh, I think Dylan Morgan did the post match interview with the club YouTube, uh, and he says I don't know how Frank knew I was there, but he obviously did, and he sort of lays it to the back of the box, and it's great confident cool finish from Morgan. I mean we've seen him strike a ball um, against us in the. Uh, Somerset Premier Cup a couple of years ago, didn't we? He certainly knows how to connect with a ball, and that was just yeah, he just strokes it into the um into the bottom corner past, say Kovalan. He's obviously now um uh, nobody's full as a as a goalkeeper, but yeah, no, it's a it was a great finish, and up until that point, it was just I, I felt like they were keeping us at arm's length a bit, but I'd I'd maybe not giving us enough credit there in terms of. We were asking questions, but we just that bodies behind the ball. I think at that point, um, yeah, they're two 0 up. They don't need to do anything silly, do they? Don't know what you no, think. and even then, I feel like the the goal was a. I don't know. I think Maidstone will be disappointed with the goal because there's so much time on the edge of the box for Morgan to put it away. Like, it just feels like there was a nice pocket of space that opened up that there was no one around. Yeah, Newblay, when he got the ball and sort of held it up, neither, I think it was Reynolds, and I can't remember who the other player was, kind of just stood off. Didn't They kind of just basically stood in front of him so he couldn't shoot. They didn't do anything other than that. Then obviously you've got the run of, of Morgan for his finish. Um, it was a nice ball. It was John Young that, that put Newblay through. Um, yeah. Nice sort yeah, of outside the boot, little flick through. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was probably the only real moment, other than maybe the end, where sort of everything was going on, where it was um, 
they were unorganized because the rest of the game they were structured they they did really well at sort of keeping their shape and and not allowing our wingers to to do anything as obviously that's where we've excelled um this season i mean ollie thomas looked toothless at times with um when he's been in possession he was almost being double teamed just to close him down and and they he, did a good job yeah yeah it was a, a tricky game for for the wide men Fulston as well i think he took a knock but um he struggled to get himself into it as well i, I think he probably needs some more minutes in him just to get used to it again but it was yeah a really tricky game for, for the wide players in particular i think Nublay was the only one who truly covered himself in any glory low everton had a solid game as well but um yeah, a tricky one against a very organised Maidstone side. Don't want to take any credit away from them because they were they were really, really good and they'll probably be a playoff team minimum. I'd be quite happy if they came up, to be honest, as well. Yeah, I think it's probably telling that their two goal scorers didn't play for them because they were, I think they were both cup-tied for the FA Cup game uh, the week before. And you could definitely tell that both of them were fit and firing, whereas obviously we're, as we know, missing not just a number, a good number of players, but a good number of very important players as well. And um, yeah, we played on Tuesday night too. So there was, uh, there was a definite freshness about them, which, uh, as you say, they, they, they came with a plan. They did absolutely everything right. And uh, we did everything wrong, certainly for the first half an hour, arguably the, the rest of the first half. And then, then second half, we just, couldn't seem to um, get ourselves moving, and I, I mentioned the, the the obvious thing, and um, I'll I'll save uh, I'll save it for Tom to talk about how much we missed Michael Smith. But uh, Josh Hours, it was a big ask for Josh Hours to come in, having not played or played a couple of minutes off the bench in like the last since Charlie Cooper came back from injury, um, and I don't think he was particularly any more or less terrible than anybody anybody else certainly in in, in that first half and uh, I think he, he tired to in the, in the second half which is understandable given the lack of minutes that he's played but I don't remember noticing him particularly um, and I do remember noticing what we really need here is someone who's just going to put their foot on the ball and maybe play it sideways or maybe play it backwards or just, but just keep the possession and uh, keep the pressure off, keep them from putting pressure on us, which in the first half was absolutely what they were doing. And I think that man, uh, although already today being referred to as a Charlie Cooper lover, uh, then <laughs> yeah, make me, make me up a pin badge. I'll, um, I don't think I've ever uh, doubted my uh, admiration for what Charlie Cooper brings. And I think in midfield, we, we absolutely missed that, but yeah, we definitely missed a certain Northern Irishman down the right-hand side as well. Over to you, Tom. Yeah, I... Love you, think... Michael. Love you. Love you. <laughs> I think the the sheer fact that he would just go up and down and up and down and up and down um, is probably the, the thing we were missing most. It would kind of give us some dynamism, whereas we look quite stodgy and obviously hoofball. Um, in that first or half hour, second half, I wouldn't have said we'd have missed him if we'd played like that the full game. Obviously, that didn't happen. Um, it kind of felt like the link up between um, Pearson and Fulston or Pearson and Young, so Pearson and Young, um, Fulston and Young just wasn't quite there again. We've seen Smith and Young on that right hand side 
for the majority of the season and you can tell that they've really got that that connection going now um even the same with Worthington to be honest I mean Slough we kind of saw it a bit where he was taking the Smith role very well um but it just felt again like a lack of shape and whether Smith would have brought that to us I'm not too sure but I think he would have dealt with pressure probably better than um we did in that first half and kind of giving us some calm heads don't panic just keep it going um but yeah I think he's definitely a miss I think we wouldn't we would we probably would have still lost that game with Michael Smith because Maidstone were just they were pretty good and they were good down that side, weren't they? They were good down his side. And although, as you say, he gives them problems, he definitely causes problems going forward, which I think they would have found harder to deal with and you know, would have attracted them, um, given them more work to do down that side as well. But also, defensively, we know he's a cool, calm head. And, and I think that, that experience we definitely missed as well. Because when you look at that lineup, um, Take out Joe Day and um, Frank Nuble. I don't know how old Matt Worthington is, but uh, I can't. Whittle was thirty. Thirty. Okay, yes, to Whittle as well. There's not too many. You could say Matt Worthington's played however many hundreds of games that that that, that he's played. He's an experienced head. But then you've got the likes of Pearson. One still a young player. Williams is still a young player. Um, uh, sunny and so on, you know. It, uh, I, I was, I just remembering him as I go along now. Bolston, <laughs> young, you know. They, it's a young, it's a young. I take team. your point. Yeah, yeah take point. <laughs> name the entire team. Yeah, it I is, and I think, and like, I mean, we brought on Alex Fisher off the bench, didn't we, for the last sort of two plus whatever stoppage time there was. But you do. And, you know, we won 3-1 in the week. But when you look at these defeats, and with Charlie Cooper out for we don't know how long, with Michael Smith out for we don't know how long, hopefully, I think um, Mark Cooper said next weekend, perhaps. Um, and with Hyde and Murphy out as well, the, the, there are these sort of... It's not, it's not injuries to... Um, you know, players that have been in and out. It's sort of big characters and experienced players that um, we're going into these games without at the moment. And I think, you know, case in point yesterday, you know, bringing Alex Fisher on and Ollie Thomas on. And I think having Ollie Thomas as your replacement for Murphy and Hyde while they're out, you know, they're it's like apples and oranges, isn't it? Totally different players, totally different types of personalities um, to, to come in and sort of hit the ground running. Um, and I think, yeah, like I, I said last week, Nuble is so key to getting those other players involved. And if it doesn't click and it doesn't sort of happen, it's a bit of an issue. Yes. <laughs> and it was a bit of an but issue on Saturday. 10 points clear. Game in hand. Yeah. Everything's fine. Yeah. We're still going to win the league, aren't we, Dave? Um, how many songs were you singing at the weekend, Dave? Were you... I, I, uh, Clevo will tell you I had my, my hand over my mouth during uh, oh, those, right. those songs. Yeah. Yeah. 
But uh, um, yeah. should we talk about the scenes at the end? Obviously, I haven't seen any of it. Um, I've just heard about it on the radio, and I think you you said like a twenty minute, twenty second clip, or twenty minute clip. That would use a lot of data. Yeah. Um, <laughs> of the of the situation, what what happened there on that terrace? Well, uh, it was the, the first thing to say is anyone who hasn't been to Maidstone, it's um, it is a, it is a terrace behind the goal, and you have home fans on. If you're looking at it, stood on the pitch looking at it. On the left side, you have home fans, which are the sort of the majority, I would say, of that that stand or the the greater half of that stand. Um, and then there's a bit of tarpaulin in the middle, and then so you are kind of facing off against each other anyway. And I do remember on a previous occasion there that they've been a bit the uh, sort of does your mother know you're here crowd um in uh, <laughs> <laughs> on both sides of the tarpaulin divide i have hasten to say um is uh we're we're going at it the, the the most embarrassing thing about the first half not our defending for 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 either goal was somebody setting off a pyro for the when we were 1-0 down that that was without hands down the most embarrassing thing about the game um and yeah then then in the second half it was there was there was a bit of you know back and forth and you could see there were stewards sort of stood there doing what stewards do um in 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 between the police were sort of keeping keeping an eye on it as well and then when we scored um there was a a sort of a charge from people in our end towards their towards their end as well, and, and then there were just loads of shouting sort of towards the end, and people trying to climb over the tarpaulin and bottles getting but plastic bottles getting thrown back and forth. Uh, there was definitely at, at least one coin came over as well because it, it landed. I saw it land not far uh, far from me, but yeah, there were. But but from both sides, I hasten to add, there was there were beer um, uh, pots going back and forth as well. So it was without question, you know, I don't want to say six or one half dozen other because that downplays it. But there was fault on both sides, shall we say? I've I've read on social media about it's a bit Trumpy that. Well, no, yeah. Great people, I, great people on both sides. <laughs> great people on both sides. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the opposite of that. <laughs> But on both sides, yeah. Um, no, I've read on social media people talking about some army of marauding yeovil yobs uh, attacking these like little choir boys in the in the Maidstone, and that absolutely wasn't true. Um, and I, I certainly didn't see anybody holding up pictures of Lee Collins or Adam Stansfield, which I've read about on social media as well. But again, if that's even half true, then that's disgusting as well. So, but. There's no nobody comes out of it looking good. Um, it was just stupidity on both sides, and it just ended up the way the way it did. Not a good, not a good look from 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 either side. I, I don't know what you saw from where you were, Tom. Probably yeah, just lots of people uh, running towards a tarpaulin. I thought it was. There were points where I was watching that more than the game. Just yeah. Out of velocity, I was like, "What on earth is going on over there?" Um, I think I counted three pyros in the end. Yeah. Um, and I did see bits of flying back and forth, and and the occasional runner trying to get under the tarpaulin. 
um yeah it was just i mean it was an incredible atmosphere from where i was sat not that it's encouraging that sort of behavior um but both sets of fans were clearly up for it from from the get-go um but yeah it, it looked um ropey i was very glad i was up in my gantry and and not in the in the war zone as a i would have probably well run off <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I was stood maybe I don't know, tw- twenty five, twenty five feet away from from where it was uh, where it was all kicking off. So I was kind of behind the goal basically, and um, it it, it it felt like something that was happening way over there. Unless you were stood right in the middle of it, you were out of it, with the exception of the bottles and <laughs> pint pots that were coming your way. I mean. Um, that that's why that's why everything's plastic now, isn't it? And that's why they that's why they take the lids off bottles of water um, because of because of that kind of thing. But yeah, it 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 wasn't a it wasn't a vintage day. Who takes coins with them anywhere game. these days? I know. Yeah, yeah. Swinging <laughs> debit cards at each other. Exactly. Like. <laughs> Excuse me. Can I just come and tap you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah. <laughs> Oh dear. So yeah. Less than twenty-four hours after the club put out a statement saying please behave yourself yeah. at away games. Yeah. Um yeah. And I think I've uh, like, you know, the St. Albans game, which was unsegregated yeah. and everyone swapped ends and it was yeah. all very good, nice, and, happy. And, and, right. and I've I've been to a good number of away games this season. And with the exception of, uh, and it's probably, maybe not even an exception, but Hemel Embston on the first game of the season, there was maybe a little bit of liveliness. It was probably put down to first experience of everyone and being able to drink on a terrace again. But um, uh, but there, there's been nothing, nothing at all. We changed ends, whether we had Dartford, Welling, no problem yeah. whatsoever. I listened to the St. Albans pod uh, podcast after their game and they were talking about how the other guys who were on there were saying they stopped and spoke to Yeovil fans and what a nice bunch they were and all that. And the fact is Maidstone has got an element. We've got an element. You know, and elements meet elements, don't they? Sounds like a really bad chemistry lesson. This, Yeah, you're, you're looking for the right elements to mix, but... Yeah, exactly, yeah, <laughs> but they, they definitely were not the right um, the right elements, but yeah, so yeah, it was stupid from start to finish. There we go. Right, ready for some questions? Ready for or some questions. Anything, anything further to add? Questions? Uh, no, 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 nothing further to add. No, no, no further questions, Your Honour. Uh, okay, first one's from Ben Barrett, uh, big fan of the oh. show. Uh, how would I get fifteen percent off Miles tea and coffee products? Do you have a promo code? Tom, you got one? <laughs> have Before... you done this to me? <laughs> before, before before we hit the hit the record button, Tom was desperately looking for the promo code. It's Glover's Cast. Glover's Cast fifteen. Go to whatever uh, web address Ben has got tattooed on him uh, for Miles T, <laughs> and uh, and you will find uh, a a a voucher code. Glover's Cast. Don't forget the S fifteen, uh, and that will give you fifteen percent off. Dave's Dave's done the equivalent of playing Alex Whistle at centre back there to Tom. 
<laughs> exactly. Tom just looks startled at me like, what am I doing here? <laughs> Do you reckon that's what he said to Mark Keeper? I can't believe you've done this to me. <laughs> Oh, you, want, uh, you want me to? You want me to do what? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But I've never done that before. <laughs> Mark Mamadou Fowl. Please tell me. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> never. Right. Uh, ben, there's, a, there's, a, <laughs> there's a part two to Ben's uh, question. Is my mum had baked beans and Branson pickle on her jacket spud for tea tonight? How do you feel about that? And what is your spud topping of choice? feel violated to be honest with you but i'm not a branston pickle fan i'm not an anything pickle fan can i just say people in the north and i know this is a christmas thing thing i've probably said this before but they're pickled onions for christmas dinner pickled onions that's not right either is it tell me that's not right i don't i don't like pickled onions either i'm, no, I'm a nothing no. pickled kind of guy too no i mean if you do that i mean think you need to have a long, hard look at yourself. But uh, cheese and beans for me. Um, uh, cheese on first, and then beans on top. Beans on top. Yeah. Cheese on top of cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Ooh. no, you've got to melt the cheese on the beans. Cheese. What on about? Beans. What about beans cheese on first, cheese? Then... Right, what about? Right. What about beans on cheese with cheese on the beans? Double cheese. Like a cheese sandwich. Well, a bean sandwich. Beans. <laughs> a bean sandwich in a potato. This is like uh, some. Okay, right. This is I this think... is this has gone wildly off piece, but <laughs> I think it has to go to cheese and beans as well. But I also would give an honourable mention to tuna. Tuna. Yeah, tuna jacket spud. Okay. Love that, friends. I I do agree with you that that the pickle is a is a crime against humanity. Mm. Um, but baked beans. That's that's a Good option. If she if it, if she just stopped and said, "My mum had baked beans on her jacket spud," by all okay, means, go for it. Yeah. But the pickles ruined it for me. Okay, Ian, any strong feelings? Uh, cheese on cheese and beans. Cheese on top. Cheese on top. Okay, all right. Not beans well, on top. Not beans on top. Thoughts on tuna? Yeah, good. Okay. Good. Yeah, more more. I, I prefer tuna with pasta than with. Um, yeah, with a potato, yeah, go though. for a tuna, yeah, tuna, tuna with pasta, yeah, yeah. I want a jacket anyway, spud. It's all getting a bit Chris Argreaves now, isn't it? We're talking... <laughs> Very <laughs> tuna, beige, tuna, beige tuna, food choices. Tuna, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, Mr. Yeah. All right, let's pull our socks up. Let's pull our socks up and work, work our socks off here, shall we? Uh, Andy Cleave would like to know your thoughts on the segregation and stewarding yesterday. I mean, we've touched on the segregation. Any thoughts on the stewarding, Dave? Stewards be stewards, don't they? <laughs> I mean, they stewards wore. Gonna they, stewards gonna stew. Stewards gonna stew. They um, wore Hivey's jackets. Uh, they gave off an air of great importance. Uh, they stood there, and I mean, I wasn't in in the pit to really see what great stewarding was going on in there. Um, but yeah, I. But the only stewards I could see when this was all kicking off were stood at the front looking at people who were looking over at what was going on. So, um, yeah, they, uh, I did read Maidstone fans saying that their stewards are always rubbish. There was a particular company name, which I won't quote, um, was uh, was mentioned on social media as well, which they said was uh, not vintage. So, yeah, stewards be stewards. Just let stewards, stewards be stewards. Be stewards. <laughs> 
Tom, were the stewards all right in your area of the ground? Presumably they let you in okay and was... Yeah, they were no friendly. Issues. It felt a bit strange. We were almost shepherded to the to the gantry and we there kettled. was... I think they said us... <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were kettled towards the gantry. <laughs> um, there was a walkway coming from the gantry down some steps to then come towards... They had like the main building with all the changing rooms and everything like that, the players' facilities. And there's a gate in front of that as well. And then you go down the steps and then there's the pitch. Uh, now, you could only access that until one forty-five. until after that, if you wanted to go either up or down, you had to use the wheelchair lift that was off to the right. So we were down there um, and then it sort of hit about two o'clock. We were right, we should probably go back up. Went to go back up, realized we couldn't. So we had to wait for this lift and we were worried that wasn't going to work either because we came and it was just an empty, that's all, well, space. There was no lift there. We had to hold the button and wait for it to come down and it eventually arrived but we were we were slightly worried it's like oh i guess we'll do a pitch side commentary with none of our stuff um but no i think everyone was friendly um no issues at all i think even the the bar staff well bar staff the um food staff were all very friendly as well good night uh clevo's got another one uh with the moose ian abrahams from Talksport at maidstone yesterday who is your favourite football commentator slash reporter, past or present? And did Tom get a photo with Moose like Ian? I think Ian Welch got a picture with Moose, didn't he? He did. I took it. I was a proud photographer Oof. for that moment. Um, I'll Which be one? honest. It's going to show my age here. I didn't. I didn't know who Ian Abrams was. I didn't. I didn't know who the Moose was. Um, my age is significantly higher than yours, and I don't really know who he is either. Okay, okay, that's something then. <laughs> I think, I, think I don't happened. listen to talk talk radio, uh, talk sport enough. I think that's a problem. Yeah, it went into the yeah. group chat, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, it's the moose!" And I was like, "Yeah, it's the it's the moose. I moose. I know who this is." Um, yeah, I did not get a picture with the moose as I had never met the moose before. Did not know who this man was. Friendly enough though, lovely, lovely guy. Um, favorite football commentator, reporter. I think it's probably it's a very cop out answer, but I think it's probably Dave Pryor from Three Valleys Radio. <laughs> please let me, please let me do more. Please let me do more. Uh, well, mine is Dave, obviously uh, mine is obviously Ian uh, Dennis from BBC Radio Five Live. I think uh, I think he's their chief. Chief guy, isn't he? Chief football reporter. He's. I listen to a lot of Radio Five Live, and Ian Dennis is. Uh, he's excellent. Um, but obviously, locally, I would have to choose Ari and as uh, as my favourite. We can't believe you've you've not gone for Sheridan here. A, war, I mean, a good shout out to Sheridan. Sheridan's Sheridan's not looking straight at me, is he? So <laughs> pulling, drawing a thumb across her throat. <laughs> Funny you should say that. Here she is. No. Hey! <laughs> No, I, I would say I would say Ian Dennis. Yeah, I think Ian Dennis is an excellent commentator. Sorry, that was a quite sensible I, answer, wasn't it? That was Dave. Yeah, that yeah. was for you. Um, I'm going to go co-commentator, and I like Ali McCoist on co-coms. Oh Ooh, yeah, he's is great. Yeah, I guess you're going to change the question. Co- yeah, as a co-commentator, he's very good. Yeah, <laughs> and Sheridan, of course. Obviously, obviously. Uh, James Drew says, are we missing a fox-in-the-box type striker like that lad at Worthing? 
Now, which lad is it? Were they Tommy Willard? Ollie, Ollie Pierce? Pierce? It'll be Ollie, Ollie Pierce. He's Danny Cashman. <laughs> They've got a few score goals. Yeah, Ollie Very Pierce. I think is the one who scores the most. Yeah, twenty-five already this season in thirty-two. Um, yeah, I was I was listening to my even Benny and Dennis. I was listening to the Arsenal um, Liverpool game on the radio earlier on. Congratulations, Ian, by the way. Um, and. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they were talking about how nobody wins anything without a 20 goal a season striker and I was thinking to myself we haven't got one of them but we've got at least three players who I guarantee you will get over 12 or 15 goals this season so um, uh, yeah I think the uh, uh, we are missing I think there is a uh, need we need for a, a, a fox in the box Murphy is definitely a miss um, I think Murphy and um and Hyde, even coming off the bench, yeah, uh, yeah, we we miss that that something that they get. Uh, one thing that I'm hoping is a good omen, and um, hopefully means that he's he's not too far away from actually seeing some appearances. That Jordan Stevens has been on the bench for the last couple of games. Now he could be a real um, important player to us if 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 he excuse me is anything like. Um, he was before he went away, because uh, he's remembering back to the hazy, heady days of Hampton. Um, he's a player who can uh, who can uh, ping one and and cause problems as well. And whether off the venture in the team would be someone that would cause a very different kind of problem to the uh, uh, to the one we've got. Um, anyway, so I'm hoping he's not a fox in the box, but I'm hoping he could be an important player for us. Why is it always a fox anyway? Why not a badger in the box? Or a stoat? As long as they're not okay. soft in the box, it's fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You never want to be soft in a box. I've seen that on adverts somewhere. <laughs> I've seen that on the internet somewhere as well. <laughs> Move it on. Move it on. Tom's Googling. Uh, Mr. Pro Pilot uh, <laughs> asks Was this just a blip or a sign of things to come? Dave, as the eternal optimist of the Glover's cast. <laughs> a blip. Is it even a blip? Does it even count as a blip? I mean, Maids don't beat Ipswich Town last week. I was going to say, Maidstone are a good side. Let's not get, let's not get that wrong. St Albans the week before were a good side. Um, whereas... I was going to say Haven and Waterloo will beat Chelsea, but we lost to Haven and Waterlooville as well. So, um, so it's not like we've lost to when when we lost to Haven, when we lost to Welling, yeah, when we lost to two teams that we really shouldn't shouldn't be getting close to us. Um, what other team were, did we lose to that you went to the game, Dave? What was the other one? Hamel Hempstead. Yeah, <laughs> Zemel, Yeah, e- either of those three. Yeah, either of those three. Then you could go, oh, that's a, is that a sign of something to come? Losing to Maidstone, I don't think it is. And um, uh, at, at, at the final whistle, whilst uh, uh, Maidstone fans were holding up two and one fingers at us, we were all singing back at them 2-1 and we're top of the league. So that's it. My conclusion's ended with, if you take one thing away with you from this game, we're 10 points clear at the top of the league. And... People, people, uh, including Tom, are probably too uh, young to remember Michael Winner on that advert. But calm down, dear. Calm down. <laughs> I remember that advert. Yeah, 
I'm thinking, who's fucking Michael Winner? <laughs> What's he on about? <laughs> yeah. Google that one. You're safe to Google that one. That is suitable for work, that one. I think I agree. And... It's, it's a blip. Um, we were unbeaten in 10 before that in the league. And our last defeat before yesterday was at Wrexham. So that kind of says a lot about how well we've done this season, never mind recently. So if we were to say lose to Tunbridge and lose to Haven't, then I'd be concerned. But until then, I think it'll be just a blip and, and we'll get ourselves back on track. I don't think it even counts as a blip until something happens. You know, if, if you lose at Tunbridge, then it maybe gets into blip territory. But and and, and this is what this is a game why against a very good team. Yeah, this brings got, up this a question. Is why we got a thirty-point lead then? This, yeah. is, this, this, this is this is the buffer that they, they gives us that we can have uh, off games, and we did. You know, we didn't do what we do well on Amazing on Saturday. We've always said if we do what we do well, we can beat any team in this division, and we proved that consistently this season. And yeah, brings up a question as well: What constitutes a blip? What what do you consider a, a blip? Is it one really bad defeat to a team you really should, like a Welling? Or is it two or three kind of unsteady performances? What what makes a, a blip? A blip is a repetitive sound such as that produced by electronic device, by dripping water, etc. Also called a spot of light or sharply peaked pulse on a radar screen indicating the position of an object. That is the meaning of the word blip. We discovered a flaw in the English language. There you go. Just one. Yeah. Just the one. (laughs) Just the one. Not there, there, and there, is it? (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I think that definition... (laughs) That definition, to me, means you need to do... It needs to be more than one. Yeah. Yeah. Repetitive. Even the the Welling Chippenham crisis wasn't a blip. I was at both those games. <laughs> <laughs> I know that really. Maybe Dave is Dave is the blip. Yeah, I'm the blip. Yeah, I'll um, always have Worthing. You'll always have Worthing. Yeah. Uh, what are your opinions on having two weeks in a row where the games are on Saturday only? Week off, Tuesday off means we can play indoor, doesn't it, Tom? Five aside. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. Well, unless you've got Juro trying to call off their games again. I think, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a point. Extra rest. <laughs> extra rest. Um, sure, it clogs up a bit at the end, but it clogs up for, for everybody at the end of the season. So um, I've got no issues with it. No. I remember Ryan Dixon on the Glover's Past a few months back telling us that uh, the end of the season is always where full-time teams begin to show that they're full-time teams because you get February nights when it's hammering down with rain and, um, you know, their players have just finished work and or have been, been, been working that day and full-time teams can uh, show their, I'm going to say show their fitness, but given the uh, injured players that we've got, uh, maybe it's not the right word, but yeah, hopefully... Tell you what, I, I, I would rather not do again next weekend or this weekend coming, I should say. Go to bloody Kent again. That is a long way from where I live. Let are, you go, you. are you going to Tumb- Are you going there as well? Yes. <laughs> On the train. I'm are not you driving, driving again? 
no, no, no. <laughs> driving, driving was horrific on the way back. I mean, it was just, yeah. I got to You're the flying, end Dave. Huh? You're better off flying. Flying? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll just hop on my private jet, <laughs> shall I, and uh, go down to Tunbridge International. Land on the pitch. Land on the pitch. Had a yeah, exactly in my helicopter. Um, yeah, it uh, it's a long way. It really is. I mean, it's my own fault for living such a long way away, but I never thought regional football, but there we go. Can, you won't have that. Can't justify, that can't justify coming to Hewish Park, but can justify driving to Ken <laughs> two weeks in a row. Or do you know, going do you to know, two it, weeks it, I, I did actually look what the price of a, of a ticket, a return ticket from mine to Yeovil Junction was. It's about 70 quid more expensive than it is to get to Tombridge. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Almost double the price. Yeah, can't get trains down this way. There you go. I don't want to drive all that way. I really don't. And we've got a question from Dave Pryor. Oh. Uh, oh, hold on. You've missed Mott. one from. You've missed the final one from Mister Pro Pilot. Oh yes, I have. Who have been the most disrespectful fans you've seen this season? This season. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. and 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 that's because everybody else has been. Everyone else has been fine. And to be fair, Maidstone uh, fans, I was speaking to Maidstone fans in the pub, seem perfectly nice bunch of people. And I'm sure they uh, spoke to some of our fans, thought we were a perfectly nice bunch of people. But it just goes to show it's just a, a small minority of people who do stupid things. Honourable mention to Avely. It'll be interesting to see how they uh, host us in, in March. In their newly reconstructed stadium. In their brand new stadium <laughs> they've had to build just for us. Yeah, looking forward to that one. That's a Monday night, isn't it? I won't World-class be. facilities. I will be there. Lucky me. Uh, <laughs> uh, Dave's question. Tom Bailey and I seem to have differing opinions on Jake Hyde. I'd like to know the thoughts of Ian and Dave. I appreciate it may be redundant now anyway, given the injury. Thoughts um, on Jake Hyde? My thoughts on Jake Hyde were he was... At the beginning of the season, we were all told Reese Murphy and Jake Hyde can be great players if they can um, sidestep the uh, injury minefield. Jake Hyde didn't do that, as well as Reese Murphy did it yeah, up until this point, obviously. But coming off the bench, I'm sure he hated every minute of being a super sub, but he gave us something. He could, he could, he was strong. He could hold the ball up. He was a no nightmare for defenders with people running at him and he, and he knew where the goal was. So I certainly would say he he added some great value to um to the team, scored some important goals as well. So yeah, I don't have too much uh, disrespect for for, for Jake What do you think, Ian? Uh ever since his tantrum in the first home game of the season when he didn't get his name read out after yeah. scoring a goal, yeah. I've had my had my questions. Yeah. Is that not just someone who scores goals wanting to be known for scoring goals? Maybe, but what's the point in throwing a wobbly for 45 minutes of football until you get in at half time and make the point that that was my goal when you're a 30 plus year old man who's been playing football for. <laughs> is that what he did? Did he throw a tantrum? I didn't realize this. He... This is all news to me. I lo- I'm, I mean, all is. Yeah, he was not, he was not very happy. Not very happy at all. Did it affect his performance? 
Um, I, I don't know, but it's just mentality yeah, how well for he me. Played if he, had he, didn't, he didn't score yeah. quite a while after that. And a, a, yeah, great. Like that player coming off the bench and, um, you know, he scored those goals at, where did he score? Chippenham, Weymouth. Um, was there any others? I think he scored five. Um, I'm trying to find them now. So, but at the same time, he's not been anywhere near as impactful from the start or or played enough, really, has he? As as you'd want, you know, when they signed both him and Murphy, it was sort of, yeah, these two are going to be the ones. But he scored at the end against Braintree as well. And he's got that header against Torquay, which I think was big because that put the game to bed. Ah, yeah, that was yeah, great that header as well. One. And he got sent off hands. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we we don't we don't talk about that one. No, you were there, weren't you, Dave? What? We won that one. We won that one. I love <laughs> yes. that one. Yeah. So, which of you uh, aligns more with Ian, and which of you aligns more with me, uh, Tom? You and um, Dave. Well, you both seem to have had a, a fairly decent review of, of Jake Hyde. I align with both of you. Um, Dave basically thinks he's not been a very good signing, whereas I am more of the opinion that he has scored important goals in his lack of game time. Um, and he will always be loved for his goal against Weymouth. I think anyone who scores against Weymouth has a, a little bit of a place in people's hearts. Um, I think, yeah, he's not had too much of a chance, and injuries haven't been too kind to him either. But um, I think... If we do go up, well, when we go up, I don't think it's worth us keeping him on because I don't think he'd cut it at the level above now, purely from injuries. No, I would agree. I'd agree with that. Uh, I agree with that. And I I agree with Dave. I don't, I think our, I think our pennies might have been better elsewhere on a, on a player. I know he's, I know he scored those those goals but I think the thing is people and uh, I was having a conversation with someone today about um, uh, Reese Murphy um, and oh, we, we miss that kind of player that kind of player with that experience and that ability to score goals just does not exist within our price range Yeah, there, there is, and, and Jake Hyde the experience and the, um, the sort of obviously he comes with an injury record as well but not like there's countless players out there that we can just go and pick whichever one, uh, whichever one we want. Um, I I don't believe that you could get someone who has, because you think Jake, I, I I'm sure he's on a decent wage. Um, you know, comparative to the rest of us, I'm sure he's on a on a on a, on a very decent wage. But I don't think that he's like football league wages or anything. Some of the ridiculous things that got thrown at us. I was listening to an Albans fan saying about how we had a football league budget. Um, which yeah. again, I have not had the, the the ability to see the books, but I'm sure there's football league teams with far bigger budgets than 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 we have. Um, but maybe they see people like Jake Hyde and Reese Murphy and think they earn lots of money. But anyway, next question is um, Ball. The one, the one who played for Fingy at the weekend, is he the one who scored a load of goals for Ebbsfleet? No, that was Dom Polion. Um, Mo Fowl did a load for, I think it was Enfield, and then joined Haven, continued to score, and now it's this season where he got some, but not many, because they were rubbish. 
and now he's joined Maidstone oh, and okay. continued to score. I wanted him last season, and a lot of people floated his name about when he was on fire at Haven, um, but we never really went for him. It'd be interesting to see if he was if he'd be any good with um, new player up top, or maybe a little and big duo. Yeah, he played 2018-2020, scored 20 goals in 23 games for Enfield Town, signed for Bolton. Yeah. Uh, and then alone at Barnet, and then went back to Enfield, and I don't know what level Enfield are in these days, but scored... Um, yeah, one scored below us? 35 in 43 games. So, yeah, he's... Uh, yeah. Mm. Anyway, was, was there a question about him? No, no, I just... <laughs> he just wondered. <laughs> Yeah, it's that whole like scores a load of goals and you know those players, those players think, are out there. I think, I think George Alexander. Like... Sorry. Oh yeah, I was you. gonna say when you look at Jordan, um, Jordan Thomas is now yeah, he was scoring goals further down, got the move to Bath and is now going up to Cheltenham Town. I'm not sure what impact he'll have just yet, but over time we'll see that there are those players there. Jade replacement. Yeah. yeah. I think George, George Alexander, who's just joined Chelmsford, is a, a good fit for the Reese Murphy mould, but he's still young, which is the, the, the difference. There's not the experience yet, but I think he, whenever he, well, at Dartford he scored, he was really, really good. Um, and he set the world on fire. Well, the world. He set the league on fire <laughs> at the start of the season. He's got the um, world in his feet, this boy. Cyber Chelmsford. Nothing wrong with a bit of hyperbole, Tom. <laughs> No, I think he was a. It'll be a big pickup, and I'd be really interested to see how he does against us again um, at Chelmsford when we go there at the end of the month. Kent again, oh joy! You going there, Dave? Probably. <laughs> right over to Facebook, Dean Halliwell. Do some of our fans have a problem, or are we a scapegoat because we bring larger numbers? Mason have a bit of a reputation for bad behaviour, but it looks like a lot of anti-Yeovil stuff from what I've seen online, even though it sounded very much like Maidstone, were as bad, if not worse. Six of one, half a dozen of the other? Six of one, half a dozen of the other. Yeah. Too many village idiots out at the same time in the same place. Good good, good time to, uh, to, to go to villages in both Kent and Somerset this week, this Saturday. Uh, Jonathan Adams says, evening, guys. Dave, think you were just behind me and my son at Maidstone. What the hell went on? And do you think their poor <laughs> segregation attributed to it? Felt very hostile from the moment we arrived at the ground. My first trip there was at the same setup as last year, as the stand seems quite new. So we've talked about segre segregation and all of that. Dave, did it feel hostile from when you arrived at the ground? Uh, I, was, I was saying there's a fine line in there between atmosphere and hostility and mm. to start with i thought it was atmospheric and i'm all for you know fans singing and going at each other in between uh you know in, in games that that's what that's what football is all about isn't it everyone likes to uh you know, wind up the opposition uh, the opposition fans and that's fine up until the point that things start getting thrown and people start getting trying to clamber over tarpaulins and People are showing photographs of things that they shouldn't be showing and all that kind of stuff. That's when it goes from football to stupidity. Um, so I don't think it was hostile to start with. It was a there was a definite uh, mood about the place, but I I never felt particularly worried. But then 
I didn't have my son with me because I don't have a son <laughs> that I know of. Maybe you couldn't hear it, Dave. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what it was. Yeah. 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 And uh, same set. It's the same setup as last year, wasn't it? You were there last year. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I say that. We were just a bit more miserable last year. Yeah, we were very miserable last year. They scored. Although we had just got Mark Cooper in as manager. Yeah, we had. We had. They scored a penalty. Not serving a. Not, not serving a touchline ban. No, he wasn't. He was uh, no, definitely not doing that. He was. Uh, he was in the stand because yeah, it wasn't the better view of the ground. It would have been good, better off stood at the back with us. It's a long way up. Um, in that uh, in that terrace there. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Tim Hubble. With our current injury list, another game on an artificial surface next week and Worthing on fire. Do you think we need any additions to the squad for our running? I hate to say it, but it may be closer than people think. Tom, many additions? Mm, maybe a spare right back, just in case Smith is out for longer than we expected. And maybe uh, just a an absolute pace demon of a striker because Thomas is a physical specimen. Um, I but think Thomas has got some pace as well. Oh yeah, he's got some pace about him. He's he's one of those really scary ones where he's quite he's quick and he's strong. Um, I think I just want a little a little menace that can just cause mayhem. Courtney Senior sort of build, but a striker basically. Um, They'd be the only two things I'd want to add because I think we've got midfield depth and our defenders are staying fit and we've got some depth. So um, they're my only two potential additions. Do we not have uh, a right back? We got Jamie Sendles White. Uh, <laughs> is he a right he? back? <laughs> Is he a right back? He played it right he, back last he was time. At West he, played he, he did play as right back. I think I'd prefer him at centre-back, but he did do a decent job at right-back, to be fair. I think he's not quite fit yet, despite him training. I mean, in Achilles is a tricky one to come back from, isn't it? But... He's been on the bench, and he's been yeah, in training, if... but he seems to have I... disappeared all of a sudden. Is it a little bit like the um, the Jordan Stevens kind of thing, though, where he's there, but just to make up the numbers of, like, a we really don't have anyone else, so we're just going to name a full bench, and there's no chance you're coming on? I didn't know if it was going to be, like... Like one of them. Not sure. Can I just add one nice more thing to uh, answer Tim's question? Calm down, dear. It's still a ten-point lead. <laughs> With a game in hand. With a game in hand, exactly. There was a comment on your um, conclusions, Dave. Yeah. From Phil A. And uh, the last oh, sentence of it. <laughs> The last, <laughs> the last sentence of it is. <laughs> I was proud um, of that. <laughs> Sorry, go you on. Can delay. You can have it. Um, oh, for a Chris Dagnall type out there to knit it all together. Yeah, no, I wouldn't disagree uh, with that. Yeah, I thought that was quite a, uh, quite a, <clears throat> quite a good sort of a comparison of a the type of player that. You'd want to come in for the last three months, uh, and and again didn't score bundles of goals, did he, Chris Dagnall? I don't think. No, not but, for us. No, no, no. But um, but was 
influential. And I'd say this came about, do you remember Mark Richards when he came? Yeah, in? well, they both came in at the same time, didn't at they? Same time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah those experienced, um, but yeah, are those are those kind of players. Yeah, what's Chris Dagnall up to these days? <laughs> Probably back at Rochdale. He always seemed to go back to Rochdale, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't think we're going to be, I don't think we're going to be looking to bring anyone in or be able to bring anyone in unless our mates at Bristol city have got anyone else they want to send our way. But yeah, certainly if Michael Smith's out for a while and Charlie Cooper's not back in, there's a bit of a bit of a situation there. But Stagnall is at Hanley Town in the Northern oh. Premier League Division 1 West. That's where... Uh, Still there. Dickinson. He went there with Carl Dickinson, didn't he? He went there yeah. with him. Yeah. And then Dickinson left, I think. Yeah, he did. Right. We don't want to keep you up any longer, Dave. Yeah, You're... sorry. I, I was a late <laughs> night. It's all <laughs> <Yeah>. night. Yeah. <laughs> late night and work in the morning, but thank you very much for joining us, Tom. Pleasure to have you back. Thank you. Lovely to be back on. Maybe I'll you'll hear me again. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That, sounds, that sounds menacing. Sorry. You will hear me you'll again. You'll see me again. Yeah, you will, Look you will out the window. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> I'll probably see you tomorrow. Yes, that's true. Yes, you'll see me tomorrow. Cheers, Dave. Cheers, mate. See you later. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. Lindergaard making Morris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trotka.